0: You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 370 of the Locked On New York Rangers Podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the leagues. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps every day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get your podcasts. And we begin today with some sad news. It's not Ranger-related, but it's something that I definitely wanted to uh, touch upon here in the intro because it's obviously New York sports-related, and that is that Former New York Giants head coach Jim Fossil passed away yesterday at the age of 71. Seems to be pretty unexpectedly. Uh, He apparently suffered a heart attack yesterday in Las Vegas. So uh, just a tremendously sad day for New York sports. And you know, for anybody who might be a Giants fan who's listening to this, uh, first of all, I definitely recommend checking out Locked On New York Giants at some point today. I'm sure they'll be covering this in, uh, you know, more detail than we will here. We're eventually going to move along to uh, the top five Ranger wins of the season. But, you know, when I think of Jim Fossil, I always think of that run that the Giants had in the 2000-2001 season, where they went to Super Bowl 35. And I also think of that declaration he made in the middle of the season, Giants were scuffling a little bit, and he said, this team is going to the playoffs. And after that, they really just caught fire, they were the top seed in the playoffs, they beat the Eagles 20-10 to in the divisional round, and then they just kind of squeaked by the Vikings in the NFC Championship, 41-0. to uh, The funny thing is that, what I remember, nobody was really taking that team all that seriously, and yet, they go 12-4, they have the best record in the NFC, and they go to the Super Bowl. They very well may have won the Super Bowl under Jim Fossil that year, going from 7-9, and the season before that to 12-4 and 4 that season and a Super Bowl appearance, but they ran into what was basically almost a literal brick wall in the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, there's a case to be made that that was the greatest defense of all time. I know there's a lot of love for the 85 Bears as well, but bottom line, uh, the Ravens in 2000-2001 there, they were certainly at least in the conversation. Uh, but Fossil did a great job for the Giants. You know He was unheralded when he got the job, but he was there for seven years, 58-53-1 in the regular season, 2-3 and three in the playoffs, and it seemed like the Giants you know, with the possible exception, maybe being his last season there, were at least always a competitive team. And, uh, you know, somebody who did a great job for somebody coming in. Obviously, New York sports are always going to be under a magnifying glass. He had no prior head coaching NFL experience and really did a great job and, uh, you know, gone far too soon at the age of just 71 after, again, suffering that heart attack yesterday. But uh, again, a guy who I, th- I think um, a lot of Giants fans, a lot of New York sports fans definitely look back at fondly and definitely uh, recall that run to the Sioux role fondly because it really came from out of nowhere that year. And it was a lot of fun to watch the Giants, um, you know, obviously improve and make it to the Super Bowl under the direction of Jim Fossil. So, uh, again, rest in peace to Jim Fossil, uh, gone at the age of 71. But I did want to move along here to what is now going to be part two of the Rangers' top 10 wins of the season. What we did last week was we actually had a—well, well, there were two episodes. We had part one of the top 10 bests wins of the season for the New York Rangers. We did games 10 through 6 in that. And then we also did the top 5 worst losses of the season. And we're going to kind of conclude this trilogy, if you will, here today with the top 5 best wins of the season. And we will start at number 5. Number five is going to be a 4 nothing shutout of the New Jersey Devils in Madison Square Garden back on April 15th. Uh, this was the second game of the four consecutive games that the Rangers played against the Devils in April. They played them four times in just six days. I remember when the schedule dropped, that was one of the uh, chunks of the season that just kind of jumped off the page there, uh, playing your division rival four times in the span of just six games and you know as you're looking at this to start the season you're thinking like man it'd be big if we could win three of those four games well the Rangers they didn't just win three out of four they swept this series and they did so in pretty convincing fashion I'll just read you the scores here on April 13th the Rangers beat the Devils three to nothing they followed up by winning uh, this game the one we're about to talk about on April 15th by a score of four to nothing then on April 17th they win six to three and then on April 18th they win five to three so just a very convincing four game sweep of the New Jersey Devils came at a critical juncture in the season. The Rangers were obviously still in the playoff chase, and anytime you win four straight games, it's obviously going to uh, increase your chances of getting in. Of course, we all know it didn't happen, but at least it meant the Rangers were going to play some meaningful games down the stretch here. I thought that was really important for this team to be in that kind of a situation, and really, I mean, you could take your pick from any of these games in this series. I didn't want to, you know, load the list with three of these four games in the top 10, so I only picked one, but I ended up going with this game because this one just stood out to me more than any of the other uh, three games in this four-game series here. The Rangers were coming off of a 3 nothing win in New Jersey just two days prior, and to not have any kind of a letdown and follow it up with an even more dominant win and another shutout win, very, very impressive. Igor Shosturkin had really found his game at this point in the season. He got his second straight shutout against this team, we were into the chunk of the season where the Rangers were really making Igor Shesterkin the workhorse. It was a little bit of a hot-hand approach early in the season, and there were stretches where, you know, maybe have played a little bit more. Keith Kincaid even got in there for a little while. He was playing some impressive hockey. Uh, obviously, Igor Shesterkin had to miss three straight weeks with an injury, but by this point... Again, we were into the chunk of the season where it was pretty much Igor day in and day out, unless the Rangers had a back-to-back. Then you'd see uh, Georgiev or maybe even Kincaid. But by now, yeah, Igor was the bonafide workhorse. And in this game, I mean, he only had to make 16 saves, but that also just kind of speaks volume about how well the Rangers played defensively in this game. You got to give props to the six Ranger defensemen who were on the ice against the Devils on this night. Yeah, had Jacob Truba, Adam Fox, Libor Hayek. Brennan Smith, Ryan Lingren, and K. Andre Miller, and at this point in the season, they were kind of going with those same six defensemen pretty much night in and night out. As you guys can tell, uh, this is before the injuries really started to pile up and just kind of wreak havoc on this team. And when they were rolling with these same six defensemen night in and night out, it also kind of coincided that stretch of the season where the Rangers really got hot uh, kind of from uh, the middle of March through the end of April there. These six guys were really getting the job done, and they were on point in this game. Uh, scoring opportunities just basically non-existent for the Devils in this game. I realize they're not exactly an offensive powerhouse, but again, you got to give a lot of credit to these six Ranger defensemen who basically just shut down the Devils the entire night. And then, of course, anytime they did get a shot on goal, Igor Shosturkin was there to make the save. As far as offensive fireworks, uh, you know, the defensemen, we're talking about them. They also get some goals from the defensemen. Jacob Shuba and Ryan Lindgren both score. This was Ryan Lindgren's first goal of the season, his first goal in 97 games. Adam Fox had an assist. And then uh, Panarin kind of uh, led the way offensively. He scores twice and dishes out an assist because, hey, why not? Uh, but, you know, just watching this game, it felt like the Rainers were just locked in fully aware of where they were in the standings, what they needed to do, how they needed to play to pick up two critical points here against a division rival. I mean, I realize every team was a division rival this season, but you know what I mean. There's a lot of history between the Rangers and the Devils. And again, Igor Shesterkin with his second straight shutout against the Devils. Uh, People kind of had the Rangers and Devils on the same wavelength early in the season, and the Devils even beat the Rangers in the first two matchups. But I think... The Rangers overall this past year were a far, far better team than the New Jersey Devils. And this game, as well as the entire uh, four-game set here, really left no doubt about that. And as far as the goal of the game, it's a tough call here because there were some pretty goals, there were some goals in transition, there were some uh, kind of blue-collar goals. Some of these goals fit more than one of these descriptions, by the way. Uh, but, you know, the Rangers, there were some instances where they really just outworked the Devils to maintain possession in the offensive zone. But I'm going to give it to Jacob Truba. He scores just 47 seconds into the game. It was a beautiful goal. I'll, I'll kind of describe it in just a second here. But to me, the reason why this is the goal of the game and what sets it apart from the other three goals that the Rangers scored, they were all really nice, once again, but again, this is happened in the first minute of play, and it felt like a distinct message was sent to the Devils here. We just kicked your butts in your building two days ago, and now we're going to do the same thing in our building. Jacob Truba scores just 47 seconds into the action, really kind of set the tone for the rest of the night. Just a one-sided, complete butt-kicking from the Rangers to the Devils. As far as the goal itself... It all started with a really nice defensive play from Adam Fox. I know, big shocker there. But he knocks the puck away from the devil that had possession. And then, eventually, the Rangers work the puck to Panarin. Panarin gains the blue line up the left side. And there's two devils all over him. I mean, Panarin is just inside the blue line, so he doesn't really have a lot of real estate. They kind of try to trap him there. And he eventually, he maintains possession of the puck. He uses his body to kind of shield the puck from the defenders and then makes a short pass to his right to Ke'Andre Miller. Ke'Andre Miller takes a shot. The save is made by Blackwood. And then Zibanejad is moving into the slot and he picks up the puck and you think he's going to shoot, but he's kind of running out of real estate and it looked like Blackwood was in good position to, you know, probably deny a stuff attempt there. So Zibanejad instead sends a backhand pass across the crease to Colin Blackwell. Blackwell makes a backhand pass of his own to Jacob Truba. Jacob Truba lets it rip. He scores and once again gives the Rangers a one nothing lead, a tone-setting goal just 47 seconds into the action. Uh, but we're just getting started here today. Going to have a lot of fun uh, going through the rest of the Top 10 Ranger wins of the season. We're going to go to number four in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked New York Rangers is brought to you by Wealthfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash NHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T. com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store, We sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, moving right along in the countdown here. We're gonna go to all the way back to January, January 16th, for a five to nothing home win against the New York Islanders. This was the Rangers' second game of the season, and of course their first win of the season. They were coming off of that just opening night debacle against the Islanders where they lost four or nothing. This was an excellent bounce back performance from what was obviously a very uninspired, just tough to watch opening night performance. It was also a very rare, strong performance against the Islanders. We've talked ad nauseum on here about how it's just a really, really tough matchup for the Rangers right now. The Islanders just seem to have their number. It's very difficult for the Rangers to create any scoring chances against the Islanders. And even when they do, Semyon Varlamov stands on his head and uh, prevents the Rangers from scoring. But that was not the case in this game. Uh, Varlamov, in fact, was not in net for the Islanders. More about that in just a second. But Alex Georgiev, I mean, stepping up big time for the Rangers, I would give him the first start in this game. He comes away with a 23-save shutout. Alex Georgiev had not played in a hockey game in nearly a full calendar year because, of course, we had the pandemic that stopped everything last March, and then we had the three-game playoff set against the Carolina Hurricanes, wherein the Rangers were swept, and the Rangers went with Lundqvist and Shesterkin in those three games. So Georgiev had not seen the ice once again in nearly a calendar year, about 10 months, give or take, a little bit more than 10 months, in fact. Uh, but he comes up big here, comes away with some really nice saves, leads the way for the Rangers in a 5 to nothing shutout victory against the New York Islanders, and Beyond Alex Georgiev's performance, Pavel Buchnevich picks up the first goal of the Rangers season, and then after that, Artemi Panarin scores, Buchnevich scores again, Capo Kako picks up his first goal of the season. I mean, these are all first and second goals here because it's just the second game of the season, and they were shut out in the first game, but then Panarin gets his second goal to wrap up the scoring, uh, and give the Rangers the 5 to nothing win. But uh, the goal that really stood out to me, I'm not necessarily sure if I'm going to make this the goal of the night yet. I've got to rewatch all five of these goals. But it was Capocacco. He looked so relieved uh, to score that goal there. He had already been demoted from the second line down to the third line. And Phil DiGiuseppe, really nice pass, set him up for a goal. Capocacco buries it. And uh, DiGiuseppe, you know, he was actually kind of hot to start the season. He was uh, piling up assists at what was kind of an unsustainable rate for a player of Phil DiGiuseppe's uh, caliber. Not that he's... Not not a valuable player. He is. He's very physical. I think he's somebody that the Rangers should definitely look into keeping in the fold next season. It's just a big, tough physical forward. Somebody you could put out there on the fourth line and somebody that you could move up in a situation that you have to. But DJ Zeppi was actually a healthy scratch on opening night, and I think that kind of had a couple of people shaking their heads at least a little bit. Um, Obviously, somebody was going to have to be the odd man out on opening night. It turned out to be Phil DiGiuseppe, but it had to feel good for him to step in and contribute immediately to set up Capo Caco for a goal here. Getting a goal from your bottom six, that's always a good thing. Uh, Brennan Smith, he was a healthy scratch on opening night as well. I thought he had a nice first game of the season in addition to Phil DiGiuseppe having a nice first game of the season. Brennan Smith made an excellent Long stretch pass to Artemi Panarin to spring him for a breakaway goal. Smith basically passed from along the boards all the way across the ice and and just kind of hit Panarin right in stride. It was like a deep bomb in a football game. Uh, But a great pass by Brandon Smith there. And Ke'Andre Miller, you know, he really settled down nicely in this game. He, on opening night, really struggled. David Quinn even sat him down and benched him for a little bit in the opening night loss, and I didn't think that was the right idea to do that there. I think he let a player play through their mistakes, especially when the Rangers were down as they were on opening night. But Ke'Andre Miller bounced back nicely here and just kind of a tone setter for the rest of his season. Uh, He played some excellent hockey in this game and the games that followed and uh, you know really just kind of solidified his claim that, yeah, you know what, Ke'Andre Miller, he's going to be on the New York Rangers all season. He's not going to have to be sent down or be a healthy scratcher or anything like that. So Ke'Andre Miller, very good in this game as well. Uh, The one sort of black cloud that kind of hangs over this game is the fact that Tony D'Angelo was a healthy scratch after taking an undisciplined penalty in the first game. And then, of course, he was a healthy scratch in the game after this, uh, not for disciplinary reasons, but because the Rangers obviously had won this game 5-0 and they didn't want to mess with anything. And... D'Angelo just never got back on track, on or off the ice, and we all know what happened next. We don't have to open that can of worms, but uh, it must be said, the Rangers, they also caught a bit of a break in this game because Semyon Varlamov was injured in pregame warmups. and of course, you never, ever, ever wish injury on anyone, but, I mean, you guys saw what Semyon Varlamov did to the Rangers this season. Four shutouts basically just had their number the entire season, and the Islanders were forced to toss Ilya Sorokin in there to make his NHL debut. Sorokin ended up having a really nice season for the Islanders, and he's continued that in the playoffs, but he was no matter For the Rangers on this night, the Rangers light him up for five goals on 32 shots, and once again, just an excellent performance by the Rangers, a much-needed bounce back from what was just a total disaster on opening night, uh, evening their record with their first win of the season here. As far as the goal of the night, I'm going to give it to Capo Cacco. He scores with four minutes and change, remaining in the second period. That made the score 4 to nothing. but this was just an excellent shift by Cacco, Hedl, and Phil Giuseppe. They were the Rangers' third line on this night, and they just put all kinds of pressure on the Islander defense and forced a turnover. The puck briefly came out of the Islander zone and into the neutral zone, but Hedl carried it right back over, Pass to his right to Phil DiGiuseppe. Di Giuseppe's kind of in the high slot area in the middle of the ice, and you're thinking maybe he's going to shoot, but instead he makes another quick pass to his right, and Capo Caco is there, and Caco lets it fly and beats Ilya Sorokin, makes a score 4 or nothing. excellent goal there, and a hardworking blue-collar goal by this line as well. Very, very impressive. Today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website... Or, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Lucy. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. Lucy lozenges and gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend pre-tax dollars on them. Locked On NHL Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Go to lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONNHL. All right, moving right along here to the third best New York Ranger win of the season, the bronze medal, if you will, and that's going to be a nine to nothing shutout win. The Rangers just squeaked by the Flyers on March seventeenth. I don't even know where to start with this one. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of you figured that this uh, win was going to be on the list, and indeed, here it is in the third position. And Mika Zibanejad, we got to start with him. Can't bury the lead here. He comes away with a natural hat trick and whatever it's called when you assist on three consecutive goals. I'm going to go with the natural assist trick, if any. Anyone out there listening to this has kind of a catchier name for it, uh, feel free to let me know. Maybe something with apples, you know, I don't know. Apples is kind of the nickname for assists, so maybe there's something there. But the other thing about this uh, that was just crazy, on top of the fact that, again, it was a six-point night for Mika Zibanejad, is... The fact that all six of those points came in the second period, and it was a second period for the ages, and that's barely an exaggeration, because the Rangers, they were up 2-0 going into the second. They scored seven goals in the second period to take a 9 to nothing lead. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich had two goals and two assists. The Rangers had points from 12 different players on this night. Alex Georgiev comes away with a 26-save shutout and a save-of-the-year candidate sliding to his left. Full extension. Just an absolutely phenomenal save against Nolan Patrick. Uh, Basically, there's a cross ice pass, and Georgiev, he pushes off with his right skate, moving to his left full extension, full split. I mean, it would hurt a lot of us just to watch this play, but give full extension of his left leg, his left pad, uh, and just gets a piece of it with his skate to keep the puck from going in. It was 4 nothing Rangers at that point, and obviously, he keeps the shutout intact. The Rangers would go on to get the shutout. Uh, there were a chance in the third period, because the Rangers went into the third period up 9 nothing, and you're almost thinking at this point that it's going to be a slam dunk that the Rangers are indeed going to get that 10th goal and, and get a you know 10-goal performance, an 11-goal performance, maybe 12. I mean, who knows. It was just a complete uh, one-sided butt-kicking of the Philadelphia Flyers. I think the Rangers at that point were kind of more focused on, you know what, let's not worry about running up the score. Let's try to get Alex Georgiev his shutout, and that's indeed what happens. Once again, a 26 save shutout for Alex Georgiev and that really save of the year candidate against Nolan Patrick. If you haven't Seen that one in a while. Go back and check it out. It's on NHL.com. Just an absolutely phenomenal skate save. Full extension. Really does not get any better than that. Also of note in this game is the fact that this is the first game that Chris Knobloch coached for the New York Rangers. He had to kind of tag in and there was just a makeshift Ranger coaching staff because the normal coaching staff, David Quinn and his associates, they all were on the COVID list. So this began a six-game tenure of Chris Knobloch serving as, I believe his title was It wasn't interim head coach. I think it was like, I can't remember the exact phrasing for it, but whatever it was, it doesn't go on Knobloch's uh, official career NHL record because he was kind of just subbing in for David Quinn here he wasn't the interim coach David Quinn wasn't fired at least not yet we all know that that happened at the end of the season but I mean what else is there to say about this one just a completely one-sided performance as far as the goal of the night I mean there's a lot to pick from here obviously we got to give it to Mika Zibanejad for one of the goals that he scored and I'm going to go with the goal that he scored shorthanded that's another thing Uh, of Mika Zibanejad's three goals that he scored uh, one was shorthanded, one was on the power play, and one was even strength. And I'm going to go with the shorthanded goal. The Flyers win an offensive zone draw. There's a pass back to the defenseman. The defenseman kind of fumbles it, kind of stumbles a little bit. Mika Zibanejad, great instincts here, sees that uh, you know this player is having some issues and isn't really handling the puck very well, so he jumps him. I mean, he, he goes right after him, takes the puck away. He goes all in on a breakaway, and he scores by faking going to his backhand, because we've seen him make that move quite a bit on breakaways where he'll pull it to his backhand and roof it, but he fakes going to his backhand, pulls it back to his forehand and tucks it inside the post. The other part that I love about this play is that Pavel Bucznewicz, you know, he kind of, he was following Mika Zbigniewicz up the ice. He was too far behind to make it like a true two on O, but it was Mika and then Bucznewicz was just kind of, trailing him, and then the Flyers were struggling to keep up. So Buchnevich didn't really have anything to do on this play. He just kind of drifted up the center of the ice behind Mika Zibanejad. I'm sure he was there looking for a rebound if there was one, but just kind of a a unique uh, aspect of this play. But again, a fantastic goal by Mika Zibanejad here, and obviously a fantastic performance by the Rangers. All right, on to the second-best win of the Rangers' season, the silver medal of sorts. It is going to be a 4 nothing win on the road against the Boston Bruins on March 13th, uh, truly one of the most complete victories of the season for the Rangers. It was actually the second time this season, interestingly, where the Rangers played a two-game set against the same opponent and got shut out in the first game and then did the shutting out in the second game. Obviously, we just talked about uh, the two-game set to start the season against the Islanders. Rangers get blanked on opening night and they then uh, shut out the Islanders in the next game, and the same thing happened here. The Rangers were shut out by the Bruins in the first game of this two-game set. They lose 4 nothing, and then they beat them 4-0 uh, in the second game of this two-game set. This is also the game where Artemi Panarin came back from his leave of absence. It lasted about three weeks. He gets an assist in his return to the lineup. And Keith Kincaid, man, he came up clutch in this game. I- I've talked about this before. I don't think you can ask any more of a third-string goalie than what the Rangers got from Keith Kincaid this past season. Igor Shesterkin, this is while he was injured and Alex Georgiev had been pulled out of his last two starts. Georgiev really struggled for a short stint there. I think overall uh, Georgiev had a fine season for himself, uh, but he obviously went through some struggles, was going through some struggles at this time. And Kincaid comes away with an 18-save shutout, so that was big, obviously, to uh, you know keep the Bruins off the scoreboard and give the Rangers a chance to get back in the win column here because they had lost three straight games coming into this uh matchup with the Bruins. More on that in just a second as well. But Keandre Miller, he opens the scoring. He comes up with his second goal of the season. Mika Zibanejad, he was still trying to get his season off the ground. We talked about how, you know, he had his bout with COVID that obviously slowed him down in the early parts of the season. But Mika comes up with a pair of assists in this game, and it kind of set the stage for the game that we just talked about, what I consider to be the Rangers' third best win of the season, the 9-0 blanking of the Philadelphia Flyers. That was just four games after this, and we know that Mika had the six-point night in that game. But this kind of set the stage a little bit because the getting back on the score sheet with a pair of assists in this game. And this also allowed the Rangers, you know, I mentioned that they were on a three game losing streak. This win also allowed the Rangers to finish a tough road trip with a three and three record. They won the first two games of the road trip. Then they lost three in a row. It to me felt like kind of a must win game. I mean, you start a road trip two and 0 you're thinking big. It's a six game road trip. Oh man, you know, we can go 5-1, and one. we could go at least 4-2, and two, and obviously that wasn't in the cards because they lost three in a row, but man, you cannot win the first two games of a six-game road trip and then turn around and lose four in a row. That just can't happen. The Rangers made sure that that did not happen in this game, and they get goals, like we said, from Keandre Miller, as well as Chris Kreider, Ryan Strom, and Pavel Bucinavich to come away with the 4 nothing win against a quality opponent in their barn. Big night for the penalty kill as well. The Bruins were 0-5 on the power play. The Bruins have a dangerous power play unit, and the Rangers completely shut them down. So it was a game that they absolutely had to have. They won in decisive fashion. They beat a good team on the road. To me, just a complete team win, the second best win of the season for the New York Rangers. For the goal of the game... For me, this one is a complete no-brainer. I remember kind of raving about this goal when it happened at the time. It's the goal that Chris Kreider scored in the second period to make the score 2-0. But basically, the Rangers have the puck in the Bruins zone, and it's along the boards. They're working hard to keep the play alive. You know, Pavel Buchnevich passes back to Jacob Truba. Truba sends the puck in deep, kind of in the corner to Mika Zibanejad. And Mika Zibanejad makes just an absolutely perfect pass. You will not see a better pass on this, I don't care how much hockey you watch, it was absolutely perfect, right where it needed to be to Chris Kreider, and Kreider scores from the doorstep, and the reason this pass was so good is because Mika, he's in the corner like we said, and he is playing the puck to an open sheet of ice, basically. He sees Kreider. He knows he's got to get it to a certain area where Kreider can get to the puck, but where it's also out of the reach of the Bruins because there was a Bruin defense in there and the Bruin defenseman actually laid out to try to knock the puck away or basically just smother the pass, whatever it might be. Try to stop the pass from being completed. So if Mika doesn't put enough velocity on this pass, that Bruin defenseman is going to be able to do exactly that. He's going to be able to break up the scoring opportunity. But if Mika puts a little too much sauce on this pass, on the other hand, then it's basically just going to go to the boards on the other side. Kreider's not going to be able to get there in time. So it was absolutely perfect, uh, perfect accuracy, perfect amount of velocity on this pass, and sets up Kreider for a tap-in goal from the doorstep. Absolutely beautiful. Not only was this the goal of the game, for the Rangers, one of the absolute best goals that the Rangers scored the entire season. And that brings us to the gold medal, the win that the Rangers had this year that I consider to be the best of the entire season. That's going to be a 5-2 to victory at home against the Washington Capitals on March 30th. Obviously a big month of March for the Rangers, kind of in the middle of the month was when they got going and at least started to make a little bit of a push toward the playoff picture. Uh, but the reason why this one ranks so high is that it looked like it was going to be a disaster. The Rangers fell behind 2 to nothing less than 5 minutes into this game. They were really struggling to get going, really struggling to, I mean, even just keep the Capitals at bay. But Igor Igor was absolutely sensational in this game. He ends up stopping 30 of 32 shots, shuts the Capitals out for the last 55 plus minutes, kept the Rangers in this game with fantastic save after fantastic save. I mean, this game easily could have been four nothing, five nothing, about 10, 12, 15 minutes in uh, if Igor Sturkin didn't step up the way that he did in this game. Made an absolutely phenomenal glove save on Dowd, and also stopped T.J. Oshie on a strong drive to the net on a two-on-one. So again, this game could have gotten Really out of hand in a heck of a hurry. And Igor Shesterkin kept the Rangers in this game. It was his third game back from his injury. Best single-game performance by a Ranger goalie this season up to this point and probably for the entire season. I mean, there were some other good ones, no doubt. But, I mean, I think this one, just when you consider... The shaky start that the Rangers had as a whole, they were in an early 2 to nothing deficit, and just the way that he kept them in this game and just completely blanked them the rest of the way because there was no indication whatsoever that after the Capitals scored those two early goals that they were going to be held off the score sheet the rest of the way. But that's indeed what happened. And Igor Shesterkin obviously playing a huge, huge role in that. And then Heto kind of got the Rangers going a little bit, steals the puck, goes in on a breakaway, and scores to cut the Ranger deficit to 2-1. It stayed 2-1 for a very long time. And then Panarin to Strom to Kakko for just a beautiful tic-tac-toe goal. That ties the game at two. You get Adam Fox with a really strong drive to the net to give the Rangers the lead at 3-2. Uh, Brandon Smith again sp- Brings Artemi Panarin on a breakaway. That makes it 4-2. to And then we also get an empty netter from Pavel Bucznewicz to make the score 5-2 to with about 35 seconds remaining. But this is a great win. I mean, the Rangers, they go toe-to-toe with what might have been the best team in hockey at the time. I mean, they pulled off their annual disappearing act in the playoffs. Surprise, surprise. But at the time, I mean, the Capitals, I believe they had the best record in hockey. If they didn't, they were certainly close to it. And this was also the best third period that the Rangers played the entire season, they were down 2-1 to one going into the third after a scoreless second period, and they basically just go on a rampage and score four goals and turn a 2-1 to one deficit into a 5-2 to two victory. Just, again, a fantastic win for their season. Uh, I said at the time that if the Rangers ended up making the playoffs, which obviously they didn't, so this kind of spoils the fun a little bit, but we would look back at this game as just being an absolutely huge win. To me, despite the fact that the Rangers missed the postseason, this was still their most impressive, uh, most fun win of the season. It's the second half of the campaign at this point. The Rangers had lost two in a row coming into this, and they were obviously on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. They had to win this game. It was as simple as that, and uh, they come away with a big, big win against a team that is obviously a very heated rival. We saw everything that happened between the Rangers and Capitals later in the season, but they win another intense, very chippy uh, game here, and basically everybody contributing. It could have been a complete disaster. They were down 2 to nothing early, and they come back, they turn it into a 5-2 to win. So for my money, the absolute best New York Ranger win of the season. But this was a ton of fun. We're going to continue covering the Rangers in the offseason here, going to track the search for a new head coach, continue looking at New York Ranger free agents, and we'll also discuss, obviously, the ongoing Stanley Cup playoffs. I would say do not miss Colorado Avalanche against the Las Vegas Golden Knights tonight. That is appointment television. It's been an absolutely fantastic series thus far. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, where do the Bucks go from here? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.